Hi, this is Ming Stoll, and you're listening to The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. Pantheon Podcasts presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the devil's music. Hey there, this is Pleasant Gaiman and you're listening to the devil's music a Pantheon podcast. A little bit about me. I'm a punk rock witch from Hollywood, California. I've had a lifelong passion for rock and roll and the occult that started when I was a preteen. In the 70s, I was one of the first punks in LA. And as a teenager, I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go, started producing shows, and made a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to write for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s and the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've toured around the globe to teach and perform dance. You might have also seen me acting or dancing in music videos, feature films, and documentaries. Look for me in the new Go-Go's documentary. To find out more about me or to book a tarot reading, go to my website, pleasantgaiman.com. I'm really excited to be part of the Pantheon Podcasts network of rock and roll shows. Everyone here at Pantheon tells stories about the music we just adore so much, each and every one with a different twist. Find them all wherever you listen to podcasts at Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, anywhere you get your favorite podcast fix. And head on over to PantheonPodcast.com to share a show with a friend. Or be damned to purgatory forever. This is Pleasant Gaiman. I'm really excited to talk to my guest today, and you will be too. She's an award-winning screenwriter, a practicing witch. She's into everything that's all juicy and magical, like alchemy, hermetic doctrine, parapsychology, pagan rites, satanic rituals. She writes about lots of this um, for the movies that she's written. And she's also the hostess of the Occult Unveiled podcast. Please welcome the wondrous Ashley Ryan, aka Pythian Priestess. Hi, Doc. Hi, Pleasant. 
Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, what a wonderful intro. I'm so excited to have you. And um, I just got to say, and the listeners will know this, you you might be the youngest person that's been on my podcast. Oh, at the ripe age of 31. Yeah. I, no, I'm telling you, I interview people that are my age, quote, <laughs> quote, my age, um, a lot, you know, like old, old punk rock people and people mm. that have been doing witchcraft since before you was born. And, um, but I just realized that anyway, I, I found out about you because you kept coming up in my Instagram feed, which is one of like the most insanely stupid and modern things to say. Well, <laughs> I'm loved, so grateful. I loved, I loved, um, the way that you left and I love your posts and we've never met in real life, but we're meeting now in virtual reality and in front of, um, the devil and everybody here. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, so, it, I'm so grateful. Well, I'm so glad. I I saw something in your bio that really raised my eyebrows. So, um, you you graduated from Loyola Marymount, right? Yes, I did. Yes, and um, that's so awesome. But it seems so contrary to um to what you do. Like, what <laughs> what was that like? You know, it was wild. I had a lot of hesitations about going to Loyola Marymount, but I was assured that I would be respected and my my beliefs would not be questioned and they never were. And I have to say Loyola Marymount's library is filled with satanic information. I was shocked. Uh <laughs> when I <laughs> I went in doing research for my my unproduced pilot but award-winning, The Devil and St. Jane, which is the story of Jane Mansfield and her love affair with Satanism. And Anton LaVey. <laughs> oh, absolutely, with Anton LaVey. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go into this library. They're probably not going to have a whole lot. I was wrong. They had a lot. And it was so great. Um, you know, my my background in writing and producing uh, but magic helps a lot in that, especially producing. Like I have a lot of anxiety and I say that's my gift in producing, but so is magic. Being able to temper the energy on set and being able to uh, really control the energy because I don't know, Pleasant, if you've ever been on in a film set, but that is like oh, one of the... I, I, many. <laughs> yeah. Like the stakes are very high. There's a lot of money being thrown around and everyone's like on edge all the time. And just being able to bring some earth down on those people and get everyone grounded is so helpful. Yeah, I know. I've been on, I, I mean, I've been on frantic, insane sets before, but um, going going back to uh, Loyola Marymount, they also have um, KXLU, which is like the best like punk rock station and alt music station among other things. But also going back to Jane Mansfield, um, mm -hmm. I lived in a really famous, like one of the most famous punk rock houses, like really in any country. <laughs> and it was called Disgraceland. But Mickey Hargitay was my landlord. <laughs> and no way. Yes way. And I'd been obsessed with Jane Mansfield for for years, and um, I. And when I moved in there, like I found out afterwards that he was the landlord and I was sitting on my front porch one night wearing this like beautiful emerald green fifties ball gown 
um, that I'd gotten at a studio sale. You know, it was really air quotes for people who are listening expensive. It was probably like $3, which back in those days in the late seventies was like really expensive. <laughs> but, um, that day I had just had my hair dyed and it had to get dyed like a million times because my hair is so dark. It was, it was white blonde and, mm -hmm. um, we had to cut a bunch of it too, because there was henna on it and that part turned orange. But I was, but I was sitting there frying my brains out and I was looking at these beer bottles that were strewn around the porch and it was Mickey's big mouth. And I was thinking, wow, those are like exactly the color of my dress. That's how high I was. Right. And, and it's, and it's at night and all of a sudden my landlord comes walking up the walkway and he'd never been there before. It was only the manager. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. so I, <laughs> I looked up at him and I was, and then in my head, cause I was so messed up. I was like, wow, I was just looking at, at Mickey's big mouth beer <laughs> and here's Mickey Hargitay. And he got halfway up the walkway and he stopped in his tracks and he said in his, in his accent, uh, excuse me, miss, has anybody ever told you that you look just like Jane, Miss Jane Mansfield? And I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck is the etiquette when you owe a lot of back rent to your <laughs> landlord and he's telling you, you look like his dead movie star. Why? <laughs> wow. That's a moment. <laughs> I know. And I just kind of, I went, thank you. And it echoed in my head because I was so frying. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Jane came to me. In a very interesting way, I I was not very open about my practices. I'm from Florida. And Florida, for all its weird and strangeness, uh, is pretty Catholic with an underlying current of hoodoo and voodoo. Um, and when I came out here and I'm like, all right, well, now I'm in the land of the free. I'm going to do everything I want. I'm going to learn everything I want. And... I was learning about Anton LaVey and all of the stories about him and then his supposed affair with Marilyn Monroe, maybe, maybe not. But then Jane Mansfield, and I was like, man, A, has a type. And then learning that he took credit for her death really pissed me off. <laughs> and I was like, this woman's story deserves to be told better. Yeah. That, so, so tell everyone the name of that movie again because they got to see it. Oh, so unfortunately, my pilot has not been picked up yet, but there is a great documentary. I'm going to make sure I get the name right. Okay. Yeah, I got to I got to write this shit down, too. Okay, she's she's furiously um, she's furiously Googling while while we're on the air. But, but yeah, I need to it, know it. you guys need to know it because this is just like the most. It's so good. It's crazy Mansfield. Story. If you don't know about Jane Mansfield and Anton LaVey and all of that, like you guys will love it. Yeah, it's Mansfield 66 slash 67. Okay. And it's it is a musical documentary and it's so fun. I saw it at the New Art Theater in 2017 while I was doing my research for this script. Now the script has bounced around quite a lot. It's almost gotten sold multiple times, but um not the right buyer yet, you know, especially because of the the delicate nature 
of this topic and with the return of the satanic panic 2.0 you know people are very nervous about it yeah um but yeah i mean i feel like that shit's never gonna go away you know that, that'll, I think you're that'll right keep revisiting backwards and forwards all the time sure it's hot i'm giving it all i got When, what, like, tell everyone that's listening, because I know what this is, but um, tell them why your name is Pythian Priestess. Sure. So Pythian, or Pythia, as the correct name is, was the oracle at Delphi, which you may be familiar with. She was the high priestess of Apollo in ancient Greece, and she was so respected. They had generals and kings and philosophers come for information from her, from Apollo, the god. And when I was very young, I was about four years old, when I told uh, my my aunts who were Benedictine nuns that I wanted to be a priest. And they were like, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl. And then I said, well, fuck this. Fuck, fuck Christianity. I'm going to go. I knew, <laughs> gonna go I knew you were going to say fuck immediately and we don't even know each other. <laughs> yeah, I was really upset. Like, I was like, well, whatever. If you guys don't want me, I don't want you. Um, and then when I was in undergrad and I was studying my, my background in undergrad is in philosophy and theology, I learned about the Pythia priestess. And that was my first introduction for a woman being able to be a priest. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever read. And I immediately, um, the kids call it like hoarding usernames. So I like made an email, I made an Instagram, I made, I made all this stuff. I'm like, one day. One day I'm going to be the Pythia priestess. And I was. I did. Um, in 2019, uh, TikTok came out. Well, I mean, it was out before that, but I first learned about it. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. It's, I'm going to just start making. Tarot was the first stuff I started with. It was pretty light um, and it just blew up. I had 100,000 followers in a month and I was like, wow, this is so wild. This is that people actually care about the stuff that I'm teaching them. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I went to I went to Delphi when I was in Greece a while ago. It was oh, amazing. So cool. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Did you smell any of the weird the the weird sulfur smells that came up from the mountain? I did. I smelled that in um like I'm re I'm really sensitive to scents, but also I do weird stuff like with smelling things. Like I used to, mm. <laughs> I used to go to um, Douglas Fairbanks' grave at Hollywood Forever, and it, it's it was like this big mausoleum. Well, it was like a sarcophagus, and it used to have vents in it, and I used to stick my face in the vents and just like open my mouth and, and inhale because I wanted I thought I'd be able to get like his swashbuckling movie star DNA into my body that way. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. But also like what did it smell like? 
it didn't really smell like anything, but it, it didn't, mm. it didn't smell decomposing or anything because it was, um, you know, it was a, it was an old grave, but also this mm-hmm. was, this was back in the days before Hollywood cemetery was Hollywood forever. And it looked like a hammer movie set. Like people, mm. it, I mean, it was sad because people had broken into a lot of the mausoleums and like you could, the coffins were trashed or like covered with oh. graffiti, but, um, yeah, that was a wild time. I spent a lot of my teenage years there at night <laughs> because it, it wasn't like even locked at night, which is why, you know. Hmm. Yeah. So I used to hang out in cemeteries when I was a teenager. Not as cool as your cemeteries, but Wait, I, I feel like that's- did you grow up here? Did you grow up here? I grew up in Florida. Oh, that's right. You said that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was um about- Two or three blocks away from the farm I lived on, there was this really old cemetery from the 1800s that I'd go hang out at and take care of uh, because I guess that's what weird goth girls do. <laughs> yeah. When I when I was really tiny, I hung out at one that was um, about three blocks away from my house. And this was in New England. Was, mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those those gravestones. Have you ever seen the gravestones in New England? I haven't. I've seen pictures, but not yeah, like, in got, person. Like, death said angels on them and they've got like the most um you know the, some of the epitaphs are, are like rhyming oh. like uh, like my favorite one was um remember remember me as you pass by as you are now so once was i as i am now so you will be prepare for death and follow me whoa body chills that's wild yeah um <laughs> My my favorite story of being in a graveyard, there was, um, so this was a different graveyard in St. Augustine, California, and someone had put up a bunch of Confederate flags for the Confederate Wait, soldiers. California or Florida? Florida, Florida, okay, not okay. California. <laughs> and I decided that I didn't like that. I thought that this was probably, you know, this is not great. We're right you know on the precipice of having you know a black president why don't we what let's remove these so in the middle of the night i <laughs> my friends <laughs> I got really high <laughs> and we like snuck into the graveyard and took all of the confederate flags and there was um the security card came by at once and i was like drop so we all dropped and I, all i could think about was like i'm laying on top of a dead person right now oh my god <laughs> so, so we took all of these um these Confederate flags and we burned them uh in the in the fire pit of our backyard. <laughs> wow. Were they were they ever replaced? You know, I don't think so, but there was one that I missed and there and I, it haunted me because I would <laughs> drive by the cemetery and there's always that one. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. What about um what about out here? Have you have you been to um any other graveyards out here? So out here, um, I, I started to do some some dark tourism stuff. So I went to the Manson Cave out in Simi Valley, which is not easy to get to. It's actually kind of difficult. Um, that was spooky. That was kind of bone chilling. Uh, somebody had posted a picture of Manson's head out there. You can see like where they carved like their names into the wall and stuff. That was pretty creepy. Wow, that is creepy. Creepy Crowley. Yeah. I used, to, I used to go up to Sharon Tate's um, house on Cielo Drive um, before mm-hmm. going to the whiskey and just get drunk up there with my, with, with friends. And we would, we would sit there and like toast her and just 
have a drink, but um R.I.P. Sharon Tate. Oh. Yes, she was so beautiful. She was. I've been to obviously I think a lot of people have the um the old LA zoo. That's pretty creepy. Oh my god, I've spent a lot of time there. <laughs> yeah. In the eighties we used to we used to have we used to have parties there. We one time we had a caveman party there. And cool. um, these uh people that were um later in a band called Possum Dixon, but they were they were just kids then and they were like sort of skulking around the zoo and they saw all of us getting wasted in caveman outfits in the old zoo and they thought we were a cult. <laughs> I mean okay. That's cool. <laughs> I want to be a part of your cult. <laughs> it sounds fun. Yeah, you and I would have a great cult together. <laughs> so yes. We've yes. got really similar interests. Um so tell why don't you tell everybody kind of what um what what kind of uh um how does your how does your practice go? Like, do you work? Are you solitary, or do you work with other people? I mean, mm. so yes, I'm in a I'm in a secret society. I have a vow of silence, so I can't talk too much about it. Can you uh, say the name am... or no? Mm-mm, no, I can. Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> obsessed now. I'm more obsessed with you than I was. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I am initiated. I've uh, so I knew I was a priestess. I earned my priestesshood in 2019, and then I was officially initiated in 2020. I can tell you how that happened. Um, it's a very sad story, so just letting everyone know it's sad. Uh, my an undergrad, I had a roommate whose brother was schizophrenic, and I got a phone call. I was working on an MTV set for Ridiculousness, and I got a phone call to saying uh, my brother committed suicide. And I found all of this weird stuff in his room. She sent me pictures of the black pullet. She sent me pictures of Manly P. Hall's secret teachings of all ages. He had a bunch of handmade runes. And she's like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. I don't know what this is. And I said, oh, my God. Okay, let me fly out. So I was I told the director, I was like, hey, I need to take three days off work. I'll be back Monday. I need to go. Someone just died. I need to go take care of this. Now, I, I like in retrospect, I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending $500 to go like my friend has her family. She could take care of this by herself. But like I knew I just needed to be there. So the death was very brutal. It was um, he stabbed his eyes out. He stabbed Whoa. his stomach. And then, yeah, it was Ooh. very brutal. And the the family like couldn't do anything. They were just really in a, in shock and in pain. So I became the death doula for them. I I went to the site. I made a memorial, um, and I I helped them like go through the room and and find all of his things to get ready to make the altar for um, his passing to help them with that. And the one thing that I noticed, I went in there. There was a huge scrying mirror. I mean, it was like four feet by four feet. It was really big. And I was like, there's something Wait, with this. Second. this Scrying, you guys, for anybody that doesn't know, it's like it's staring into um, a mirror or water or like a crystal ball or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and, and you, you see images and you get impressions from it. So I just have right. to that. 
Of course, I understand. I know you and I know what that means, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> Scry me a river. Hang on, let's take a let's take a little break for a minute before we can before we finish this story. I'm back with Ashley, and, and we're going to hear about this scrying mirror and, and what, what you saw or what you found out from that or about him. Yes. So the first thing I noticed was that the mirror was silver-backed. So I knew it was a magic mirror. Like, this had been done. I also found some kind of sigil that had been painted on the back in silver. And I said, Okay. So I have to figure out how to close this mirror. I need to figure out because I knew it was a portal because the family members kept seeing his spirit appearing like in the hallway in his bedroom. And so I, I got real serious with the spirit. I said, hey, you chose to leave this plane. These people are suffering and you're fucking it up for them. They have to grieve. Leave. And he wouldn't do it. So. I I did a lot of research and it was pretty hard to find information on how to to like close the portal. So what I ended up doing was I I was like, okay, so it's a reflective surface. I need to be able to close it with another reflection. So my girlfriend and I, I was like, all right, we're gonna take this giant ass mirror. And it was a full moon, like magically, it was also a full of course moon. Was it was? <laughs> yeah. So we put it under the water of the pool to reflect the full moon in it. Ooh. And then I said, yeah, said some prayers, closed the portal. No longer shall this be a pathway between worlds. And then we took it out and then we smashed it. Ah, and, I was going to ask you if you smashed it because of uh, all that, you know, mirror superstitions, which I yep. am really crazy about. But I, my first impression was that I would have smashed it too. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah, I I did have a lot of hesitation about that, but uh something just told me inside like you need to do this. So we did. Um the funeral was a closed casket for obvious reasons, and I went back to LA um and I got this weird I I don't know how to explain it to anyone other than just I knew things. So that's called clairsentience, which is an uh, a psychic knowing. And I went to the Green Man in Los Angeles. They were doing a spirit quest to go see Anubis. I was like, oh, Anubis. I know Anubis. He he can help me do this. So I took a 24... 24- Anubis is the Egyptian god of um, mummification and the afterlife. That's right. Yes. I'm just telling that to, to everybody out there. Okay, let's take a, let's take a little break and we'll get back into into all of this podcast which could literally go on for like three or four more hours hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And here I am back with Ashley, and we are done. I hope you guys are as fascinated as we are. Yes, of course. <laughs> they want to hear about concerts as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can talk, we can talk about concerts. No, too. of course we won't. But you guys, how fascinating is this? Whoever's listening, I know you're all screaming and cheering right now as you're hearing. <laughs> okay. Also, Ashley, I was at that that Vision Quest. Were you? Wow. Oh, yeah, I work at the Green Room. <laughs> okay okay so okay. We, we've crossed paths without knowing it that's for i know cool. that's so crazy okay go on with this story though because i'm i'm panting over finding out so i took the 24 karat gold onk with me into this vision quest and during this quest we were on a, the boat of anubis and i i asked him i said will you please turn this onk which is a key an onk is a key and I asked him to make it a connection to that spirit so I can continue to help it through the afterlife into the afterlife. Anubis takes the onk and then it like turns real, real, real big in the sky. He does something to it. I don't really know. And then he brings it back to me. And then I talked to Griffin, who works at the Green Man, and he gave me the 40 day ritual of helping the spirit cross over. And so I do this ritual for 40 days, which is lighting a candle, praying, having the picture of the person. And at the end of the 40 days, I got this weird dream. And it was 
the young man who had died, he was like turned and he waved, but he was dressed in gold. Oh, wow. I was like, and, and he left. And then I called my girlfriend. I said, hey, I had this weird dream. I think your brother has finally passed on. But, you know, this is super weird. He was like dressed all in gold. And she goes, that's so weird that you say that. Because when the police found his body, he had stuffed all of his pockets with all of the gold items that he owned. Wow. So weird. That's, that's. And, yep. Real intense. And so it was then that I, I felt in my heart, I was like, I just accomplished something very big. I did something. It was a, a moment of servitude to others and, and a self-sacrifice. And then. About six months later, I had been initiated. And when you're initiated, you receive a special name. And I receive priestess of blank and blank. It's amazing how some things that in your heart, you know, before they manifest here on the earthly plane. I know uh, that 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 step is so crazy to me. Uh, Stuff like that's been happening to me my whole life. And when I was when I was really little, I had no. I thought everybody had it. I mean, actually, because mm. there was no internet or anything <laughs> when I was growing up in the 60s, I thought everyone was like that for a really fucking long time. Oh, that's wonderful, though. Yeah. But then also, I didn't, I thought that you had to, um, you know, if you were psychic or, uh, you know, had any kind of of the Claire abilities, which for you guys listening, Claire sentience is Claire knowing. Claire audience is Claire hearing. Clairvoyance is Claire seeing. There's so many Claires. Um, there are, a lot and of, of course, there's chocolate eclairs, which is also mm. one of my favorite. <laughs> yum 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 things. But um, I used to think that like you couldn't really be psychic or or knowing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, unless you had it 24 seven, because also, mm. you know, like, like I didn't realize that that would drive any person completely insane. So I, yeah, but, um, do you, do you can, are, are you psychic aside from some of these things? I mean, would you describe one of your abilities as, um, tuning into? Yeah, I, I definitely, so I have all of the Claire's. I was very blessed. And I, I, was I do too. It's crazy. High five, sisters. <laughs> We're high-fiving ourselves to the Zoom, the Zoom screen right now. Here, wait. Here, so you guys can hear it. High five. <laughs> uh, so for me, uh, it's especially when I'm reading tarot. Yeah, I will me too. be. Yeah, I, I open up. I take down my my wards and allow other people's spirits to communicate with me. And it's I've only had it one time where it was external outside of myself. And that poor girl, um, it was a giggle. And this poor little the girl who got her first tarot reading ever. She's like, what was that? And I'm like, oh, she heard it, too. She heard. Yeah. Wow. OK. Yeah. And I was like, um, that was one of your spirits. And and they're just saying that you need more like laughter in your life. But a lot of the time uh, for me, that that audience or that hearing really comes through is only one or two words. And sometimes it's like one example was there was a young woman who had come in to talk about love, her love life. 
And like I was being bombarded. It was like I was being hit with like sexual assault, sexual assault, sexual assault, sexual assault. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to, well, I don't want to ask her that. Like how, how horrible. And I was like, sweetheart, I'm going to ask you something. And I, I apologize if this is triggering for you. But were you sexually assaulted? Waterworks, tears just down her face. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. I can help you to a certain extent, but your guides want you to go get professional help to heal through this. Um, so it's stuff like that. Another one I got once was this woman who um, sometimes I get like little visions. It was this woman who was coming in to talk about her career. And I just saw lines and like lines of books, but it wasn't a library. And I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm just seeing like lots of bookshelves, lots of line, like like lines and lines of books. Do you like books? Do you want to work with books? And she says, oh, that's record keeping. I do that for the law firm that I work at. Wow, that's cuckoo. I know yeah. sometimes it's so hard to, um, it, it's hard to interpret when 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 you see something or you just get an image like that. That's that's like, I mean, Claire, Claire audience, you pretty much know what's going on, but I've had, I've had visions of some stuff in readings or not in readings. And half the time it's like a complete, what the fuck moment, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, one time, uh, my, my bell book and candle, my witch burlesque show, uh, co-producer, this happened with her. I was um, I was getting ready to go to the Green Man store, and it was a beautiful spring day in April. And I was pulling on combat boots, and then the sun was pouring into my room, so I was like, "Oh, it's a nice day, you know, like this is going to be great." And then I had a vision of um, my friend Shauna's foot in these little rhinestone sandals, and I was like, "Oh." It's so nice. Well, why am I wearing boots? I'll just wear sandals like she did. That's that's what I thought because I didn't stop to think about it. And then I was driving to the store and um, I got a call in my car and it was her. And she's like, "Are you? Uh, where are you? Where are you? And I said, I'm like five minutes away from the store. And she said, I got out of my car and I stepped right directly onto a huge rusty nail and no one's at the store. And so I told her to find like the nearest urgent care. And they said, yeah. I'll be, I'll be right there. And when I got there, she was wearing those sandals. So that, that like before when I'd had visions, like, you know, some of them were, were sort of obvious what they were, but this was just like, like with you in the books, it was hard to interpret. I, I took it like, Oh, let's just wear like your little sandals today. But I didn't even think of, of like calling her to find out if she was okay because usually when someone pops into my head you know for some reason I will just text them immediately or call them you know if they're on mm -hmm. like hey thinking of you because I don't want to say anything like are you okay <laughs> you know? yeah yeah you don't want to scare them definitely yeah. wow yeah like you said sometimes it's hard to interpret because spirit uses our unconscious mind so it's only telling us what we already know or have information about most of the time yeah, I know. And, and, and there's, there's so many like, you know, pieces in our memory banks to, to pull from that, like, you know, like how that gets selected to be something that you yeah. see or hear about or know about. Yeah, that, that's just wild. So um, I had, I had a weird experience with tarot too, on a, on a subject, mm -hmm. like, 
I mean, well, we both had several of them, I'm sure. Like we we could spend like a five hour podcast talking. About that. <laughs> but um, uh, when uh, so for the audience, whenever you're doing a tarot reading, you've got to be very straight up with with um, the person who's who's sitting with you. But you also, you know, you you want to tell the truth, but you don't want to be blunt because some of the news is so sensitive. You don't want to completely freak them out. And and some people do tarot readings for fun, and other people do them because they're going through like a really um, bad or heavy or exciting or just tumultuous time in their lives. Yeah. So you got to be really careful about what you say. And I was I was talking to someone that I had never read before, and this was a phone reading. And how you got the the sexual assault thing? Mm-hmm. I uh, ew, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps. I got it when you, when you said that, but also when I think of this, I was talking to her, and she said she wanted to find out about um her, how her kids were going to um react when their father got out of prison. And I saw this huge giant neon sign that said incest, and I was like. There's no way that I, how am I, I can't, I can't say this. How do you say that? Yeah. And, and then, and then, um, it was just a second later, she said, um, this is, this is going to sound maybe weird or upsetting to you, but he, he was in there for molesting both of them like mm-hmm. seconds after that. But I, like, I couldn't just come out and say that. I just saw the word incense, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or even I just do. say it, you know, like. Yeah, because like, what if you're wrong and you offend them? Like, you don't want to. Yeah, and, and, or, there's. Oh, yeah. Or, or just what if? What you know? What if you? What if you say that and they were thinking of talking about that, but they didn't want to, and then they'll just burst into tears or so. There's so many. You know, I've I've read at a lot of like large parties where there was other readers and stuff as well as me, and most of the time at the I just want to ask you if this is true. Most of the time at the end of the night, um, people would be comparing readings and, you know, you know, oh, I talked to this actress or like, oh, this this person's kid is gifted or something. And they're like, what was your night like? And I'll be like, well, I had stillborn twins and someone whose brother had been murdered last week. And then just on and on and on with like horrifying traumas. And I feel like that's, I mean, obviously people want readings like that if they're yeah. going for something gnarly, but like at parties, like they they all come to me. Like like they're at the party, but then they really need help or something. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. I've read at weddings before. Yeah. And that yeah. <clears throat> people come to me, you know, it's I don't think people know this. It's probably an intuition, but a lot of legal stuff. I'm really good with legal work. And um, I remember one time I was at this wedding and it was this older woman. Um, she had been, I wish I remember the name of the musician. She was very married to a famous musician who had recently died and she was in a lawsuit with, um, his daughter and like who was going to get the estate and stuff like that. And that came up and I was like, Oh, uh, you know, I had the devil card. I had justice reversed. And I was like, so what's the lawsuit about? And, um, don't bribe the judge. That's not going to help you get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, how did she react? She was like kind of taken aback for a minute. She And she was like, how did you know that? 
And I was like, You're like, why did you come to baby. me for a reading? <laughs> yep. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mess up the judge justice system. Let's do this in a good way. <laughs> wow. That is so wild. But I think you're right. A lot of people think that tarot is going to be like this fun, cute, quirky experience. And it can be very, um, it really drudges up some of those traumas and that maybe the darkness you don't want to see because your spirits want you to evolve. They want you to to grow uh, and they don't want you to stay stagnant. So it can definitely be, it can be, if, even if you think it's going to be a fun little birthday reading, you might end up with some some real truth you were not ready to hear. I know. Yeah. Or, or some things that you completely doubt and then it comes totally true. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me a lot. I've had clients that I, I told them something and one of them didn't talk to me for like four months and she, she had been a regular Ooh. client. And then she, <laughs> she called me back and said, I'm sorry, everything you said came true. I was really mad at you for saying that. Yeah. I, I've had that happen before. I um I had one client who was doing something I didn't approve of, but like of course I'm going to be I'm going to stay as neutral as possible. She was doing a forced love spell on this man for like mm-hmm. a year and a half. Wow, and it had not been worth. Yeah, a long time. A lot of cords being tied in the ethers, and she was so obsessed. And I'm like, girl, why don't you just try and like try dating somebody else? Um, she did. And while she was on the phone with this new guy, she got into a car wreck and like she was fine, but her car was destroyed. And she's like, why didn't you tell me this was going to happen? I'm like, girl, I didn't know that you were going to get into a car wreck, but I can't tell you your spirits are saying you made a mess and we're not going to let you out of it. Wow. And then what was her reaction to that? Mad. She still hasn't talked to me, but that's oh. OK. <laughs> Maybe that's better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you do like I think that's one thing that people don't realize is how serious spell work actually is. It's not this cute, fluffy thing that you're doing. It's very serious, energetic work that does have consequences, whether good or bad. Yes. So also, if any of you out there listening are considering doing a love spell, do not do a fucking binding spell because no. when you get done with that person, they will never be done with you. Yep, you're gonna have a stalker for life. Okay, so what um what would how do, why don't you tell um everybody um some tips for for developing any of their psychic senses? Mm. So the first one is probably the one that everyone's heard of and thinks it's boring. It's meditation. That is so important because we have, um, there's two parts of ourselves. We have our animal self and then we have our spiritual self. But our our monkey mind or our animal mind is always chattering. So it's important to learn how to quiet that mind. And a lot of people think like, oh my God, I have to sit and meditate for 10 minutes. How the hell am I going to do that? No, no, no. Just start with one minute and focus on your breath. Your breathing is the most important tool that you have to regulating your emotions. It also regulates your blood pressure. It can help you get rid of headaches. So doing just an inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and then exhale for four seconds. Now, if you have ADHD, which I know a lot of people have, um, I find it helpful to have something like smoke 
or a little light, like um, a tea light to watch as you're as you're meditating and just try to focus on that. And when you have a thought, the most important thing is say, oh, I'm thinking. And then don't judge yourself to say, OK, and go back to what you were doing. I think that's a big thing people have issues with when they're trying to develop their psychism is that they're so judgmental. Like you've got to train yourself just like you would train an animal. It takes a while. That's good. Like a, like training an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind of breathing you guys is so important. I do. I, I do that with my students when I'm teaching them dance and I do that when I do it to my clients when I'm doing energy healing. If you ever need to get grounded or focused, um, that kind of breathing, especially done like with little pauses a couple of times in a row, really, really regulates you. It, it kicks in your parasympathetic nervous system and gets rid of mm-hmm. the fight or flight, flight impulses and it just calms you down. Um, you know, if you ever have to go into like a job interview or see someone you don't like or do something that's very important to you, that's it's that kind of breathing is really good. It's a, it's amazing how well the human body can function and, uh, you know, fix itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to, but it's like a lost art. I know totally. Well, because I feel like, I mean, our society has just washed so many things out of, out of, um, everything, you know, because every, you know, like, I feel like like maybe hundreds of years ago, people just knew this intrinsically, you know, when, yeah. when it wasn't I, the amount of distractions that there is today. Oh, hold yeah, on. And- Here comes an old man in the soprano cough. I'm going to cover the microphone, you guys. <laughs> I just hacked, <laughs> hacked up the devil's excrement. <laughs> 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 We're, it's really windy today in Los Angeles, but um, Ashley and I are both glad it's not raining. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad it's not raining. I have noticed when I go outside is um the yellow pollen everywhere. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm sneezing and being crazy. <laughs> There's like all this yellow stuff in the air. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. And I, I, I have now learned to not trust the sun, which is... <laughs> I mean, not the sun, but I mean that like I'll see it outside like how it is for right now. And I was like, how long is this going to last? And and moving moving to L.A. from New England, like every morning for months, I would open the shades and say, what's the weather going to be like today? And it took me a really long time to realize, oh, it's going to be sunny and warm. But now now that's all been washed away with the trauma of this rainy wind. <laughs> I know, right? I moved to California, not Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's so interesting, too. Like, Los Angeles is such a special place energetically. Oh, my God. I say that all the time. Tell me your take on that. So the occultist named Helena Blavatsky, who was the founder of the Theosophy Society. That's right. She predicted. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, she she predicted that Southern California would be the the hub of occultism, and there's a couple of things here. One, uh, we're near the ocean, 
And the ocean is constantly bringing in new energy. And we have a lot of what in the old times would be a lot of trade. So we have a lot of different ideas flowing through the city. The other thing is that we were on some ley lines, I think. There's like a combination. So for people who aren't familiar, ley lines are the Earth's magnetic field and where they interact in certain places. So the native people who lived here long before we did, they had sacred places like the Devil's Gate where the, I believe it's pronounced Oreo, A-R-R-O-Y-O. Uh, uh, um, wait, uh, no, Arroyo. It's Arroyo. Arroyo. Yes. I knew so the that suicide lo- bridge in Pasadena. And also I knew you were going to start getting into Jack Parsons. Um, who's not just a rocket scientist, but um, like an amazing occultist. Yes. And totally a hottie. Um, I know. And his wife, so, too. I know. Yeah. Beautiful um, people. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of people that we always want to be witches in movies, but they really were. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, so the Arroyo. Um, that particular location was known for the spirit of the coyote because the babbling of the the creek or the water sounded like the coyote's laughter. So you start to see like all of these, all the way back into the native people, there was special things about this area, this land, um, where Manly P. Hall's Philosophical Society is built in Los Feliz. He chose that spot for a very specific reason because of the energetic energy of that location. So we've got Theosophy, Manly P. Hall. We have Jack Parsons and Alistair Crowley. And then, of course, you have that little shoot off of Scientology. So you've got major hubs of occultism and magic here, which I think is absolutely what Helena was talking about. Yes, that too. And then just... As far as energetic, um, not necessarily occulty, but just for the general um, energy of Los Angeles, I have always felt that uh, it's got a really unique energy because so many people came out here with such high hopes. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just for the weather, like earlier, you know, when when you know when stuff like the gold rush and things were going on. But for as as soon as movies started, people came out here, and there's been so much, um, you know, so many decades of absolute like hope and hopefulness and sort of promised land feeling. But also, so many of those people had their hopes just dashed to bits. So there's mm-hmm. this really crazy underlying layer of energetic sadness, and Hollywood itself, like the area Hollywood. Is so fucking haunted. It's nuts, you know. Sorry, absolutely. Another demon's coming out of me. Yeah, but it's got it's got um, you know, and there was also lots of scandals and and stuff oh, going yeah. on here, and 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 I mean crimes everywhere. But like even even the Black Dahlia like plays into this energy because that is just, I mean it's it's so L.A. is is so bright and beautiful physically with the with the people and the weather and stuff but the the underlying energy of LA is really it it's chaotic it's sinister it's scary and a lot of times it's sad and that's it's it's almost almost a schizophrenic mix i think of of what you know aside from the magical stuff just things that like 
people can just sense, but not even know they're sensing, you know? Do you think? Yeah. If you have to have that pull, right? We have the highest hopes and success and then the lowest steps of poverty and, and gang violence. Um, you know, there've been so many notorious serial killers. So I'm a huge true crime fan. Oh, me too. So, I mean, we could, we could do another <laughs> whole podcast about it. Yeah. And I think that's what's fascinating, too, is that because people are here to be vulnerable, that sometimes they get taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's L.A. is a wild place, but it's also a very magical, magical place. Yeah. And so it's all about, you know, what I was taught was like, build that tough skin and, and be smart. Yes, that's that's definitely true. Um, but but also, I mean, yeah, you've got you've got to build the the tough skin. But I think if uh, you or anybody has to also like let their um, you know, let let their like you can hide your vulnerability, but like don't get jaded over you know yeah. shit happening to you because it will in LA on many levels. You know, there's there's lots of like rejection if you're trying to be in entertainment or to be a model or you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. So that's what you have to be tough about. And you also have to be on the lookout for like crime and stuff like that. Cause that's everywhere. I used to tell people, don't be fooled by the little pastel houses. You can't tell what's a good neighborhood <laughs> and what's, a, what's like owned by the camps or the bloods or something. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. It's, um, like the, uh, since we're talking about trying, like the Los Feliz murder house, right? Like mm-hmm. what a beautiful little house. That's also, I live right between the Theosophy Society and the, and that, and the Black Dahlia murder Oh, wow. House. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, gotta come over sometime. No. <laughs> I would love to. I would Wait, love they to. They found human remains it. under my house once. This was a what? long time ago. Yeah. There was oh a plumber, God. there was a plumber, um, that was doing something in the crawl space under there. And um, I just happened to be outside at that point. And I saw his body coming out backwards because it was too small for him to turn around. So his feet were coming first. And the second he got out of the house, he started making the sign of the cross over and over, just going, Santa Maria, Santa Maria, Santa Maria. And then that oh thing I knew the landlord was there and the, and the, um, and the police were there, but it was a, it was a, it wasn't a body. It was a fully, it was a full skeleton. Whoa. So, so yeah, it's probably there for a long time. It's been there for a long time. But I mean, also then one time, um, my neighbor in the front part of the house, which is like a big giant old craftsman, him and his girlfriend were sitting stoned in the bathtub, having a bath. And he saw this sort of square on the wall. And he mm-hmm. thought it was just because he was high. And he said, I want to touch it. And he touched it with his finger and it fell open. And there was a secret room in the house. And it was oh, cool. full of like like boxes and boxes of glass shot needles and diaries about cool. like about like tropical fish and drug use. Huh. So, so of course he came running over to me. Look at look at this. <laughs> <Like, laughs> wow. I was immediately like does this have anything to do with that skeleton? But I mean, I, I mean, I just thought that because he wasn't there when the when the skeleton was found. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's so hard with skeletons because you can only use really teeth for identifying at that point, like dental records. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's crazy cool though. <laughs> <laughs>
I've never found any human remains. I think I'm happy about that, but there's a part of me that's like, no, you want to. That's <laughs> kind of messed up. It's just yeah. it's just this attorney in nature. And Anubis would be proud. No. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Pleasant, this has been so much fun. It's so we're like sisters. I love this. I know. I know. I know. This is this, this is how we got to meet each other, but now we're gonna be friends. Anyway, you guys, that that was Ashley Ryan, the Pythian priestess. How fabulous is she? She is just wonderful. You can find her all over social media. All her links will be in the episode description. So um, I will catch you guys at the next version of The Devil's Music. And I hope you all have a magical day. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. You got to pick up every stitch. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.